Hello, and welcome to episode nine of Lasers and Lockets, the podcast all about awesome female characters in science fiction and fantasy entertainment, and the actors behind these memorable characters. I'm Lee, your friendly neighborhood host, and let's go ahead and dive right in. Oh, but first... News. Series 11 of Doctor Who will be the first Doctor Who series to feature a female doctor, and it will consist of 10 episodes. There was no set release date announced at San Diego Comic-Con, but BBC is saying fall 2018. If you haven't had a chance to see the full Comic-Con trailer, I'll link to it in the show notes. This next bit of news is just a rumor, but Warner Brothers may be looking at pursuing Kristen Stewart to play Batgirl. That would be an interesting choice. What do you all think? Is she Batgirl material? You can read more about this at the link in the show notes. Lastly, Comic-Con was big as usual for upcoming season trailers for our favorite CW series. Supergirl's trailer had me pumped and hopeful that the upcoming season four will be more promising than season three. It took me a long time to work up the courage for those last few season three episodes. If you want to view the trailer for season four, link is in the show notes. Okay, tonight's episode is all about Joss Whedon's Dollhouse. If you're not familiar with this series, allow me to give you a brief synopsis. This series ran from 2009 to 2010, a very brief two seasons. However, it was a very solid two-season story. You know, I subscribe to the belief that I'd rather a show know what it is and tell a compelling story and then move on, rather than drag on and on and on. Dollhouse succeeded at that, I think, even though it was a forced short series, meaning it got canceled after two seasons. The premise of the show is The Dollhouse. It's a futuristic organization that houses men and women whose memories and personalities have been wiped using futuristic technology. Almost a little cyberpunk, if you think about it. These dolls are then imprinted with rich clients' dream personalities and traits. They become anything from high-priced perfect dates to kidnapping negotiators, to bodyguards. The dolls are sent out on engagements with their handlers. After the engagements are over, the dolls are brought back to the house and wiped again, returned to a childlike state, a childlike innocence. This series deals with a lot of complex issues. It deals with matters of consent, independence, autonomy, human testing, control, etc., and it will make you uncomfortable from time to time. I'm just forewarning you. More than any series of the early 2000s, this series made me contemplate humanity. I think it can make you consider the, the horrors it can hold, but also the good that can exist and prevail. The strength of the human spirit. The series mostly centers around Echo, played by Eliza Dushku. You'll likely know her from series such as Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, uh, both of those ones she played a character named Faith, and then True Calling, that really weird series where she solved crimes by reliving her day over and over again after a dead body asks for her help until she solves the crime. Then, normal time again. Eliza is American and Albanian, and in recent years she's been quite involved in more independent films and activism. I find her to be a very interesting person with an interesting past. 
Dollhouse definitely showcased Eliza's acting abilities, and many would say that the series itself sort of was a vehicle for Eliza Dushku's abilities. It would be a dream role to play, to be honest, because you get to play so many different people. Every episode, you're a different person. It's kind of cool that way. Echo, as a character, is very unique. We learn early on that most of the dolls signed up voluntarily due to really difficult life things depression, PTSD, etc. However, Echo appears to be blackmailed into signing on. She begins to remember parts of previous engagements, and she heads down a road determining what is going on in the dollhouse and why it exists. You'll discover all of that over the course of the show, so I encourage you to give it a try. I've thought long and hard about why Echo is such a compelling character to me. To be honest, the fact that this was a Whedon show and that the premise was interesting to me were the initial reasons why I stuck with the show in the first place. Season one was slow, with weak storylines, in my opinion. But as I began my multiple rewatches over the years, I think I've formed my thoughts about Echo's complexity. First, Echo is intelligent. Even in her resting state, they call the tabula rasa, she is capable of reading people. She thinks through things and can reason unlike many of the other dolls. She's also beautiful, and this show definitely demonstrates, much like Winona Earp, that beauty and brains aren't mutually exclusive. Next, Echo demonstrates incredible adaptation. That adaptation is the standout feature in her evolution, I believe. Most other dolls always stay on script. They never vary from their preset parameters. Echo, however, can read a situation and improvise on the fly. She goes off script, as they say, on multiple occasions to mostly positive results. She's capable of adapting and thinking her way out of different and into different scenarios. My theory is that the kind of doll that they are in a resting state is a direct result of who they were out in the real world. Caroline, Echo's real core personality, was a strong-willed, tough, intelligent woman. She resists the wipes, at least subconsciously, I theorize. At least a little. That's something I've always appreciated of Joss Whedon and his shows. He knows how to write female characters who are their own heroes, even if they're constantly wiped to a childlike state. Let's talk about the character's name for a moment. Now, I know they use the name Echo because they use military call signs for all of their actives. Echo, Whiskey, Sierra, Victor, etc. But I also believe Joss used Echo intentionally because of her unique ability to mirror situations from her previous engagements. In episode two, after being wiped, she makes a very specific gesture that a wiped doll shouldn't know. Watch for that. In episode six, she draws something on the mirror that she shouldn't remember. She echoes what she sees and experiences. Now, that could totally be off base, but it seemed a little too intentional to be a coincidence. What do you all think? Intentional naming or coincidence? Let's have you tweet your theories to at laserslockets. While the show is primarily dark drama, you will find some comic relief and lighter situations in it, much like you'll find in shows like Orphan Black. 
Topher and his assistant Ivy have some pretty great one-liners, and they're often the comic relief on the show. Adele, the head of the dollhouse featured in the series, has some pretty great ones as well. Boyd, Dr. Saunders, etc. So many other characters have some really incredible lines. The show is smartly written, and is probably what I'm getting at. The very nature of the dolls becoming so many different people provides some pretty amusing situations overall. I think the thing that I find probably most compelling about Echo, and about the show in general, is the undeniable pro-human message of the show. No matter what horrors people are forced to live through, I mean, on the show, Echo, Sierra, and Whiskey are forced to live through unimaginable things. No matter what technology is developed and abused, because we all know that technology, once it developed, can often be abused. Um, humanity prevails through it all. We can't be held down or controlled forever. We are stronger than the oppression, the lies, the fears, and insecurities that are pressed upon us. I think that gives the show an undeniably hopeful spin. Uh, to me, I think that people like Gene Roddenberry and other sci-fi um, greats would consider it to be a hopeful series. The message of it is overall hopeful, even though it is sort of wrapped into this dark drama. One of my favorite things about this series is how well the series wrapped up. After Firefly, I believe Joss was very intent on making sure that none of his future series went off a cliffhanger into the abyss. <laughs> because of that, he successfully came up with a way to wrap up the series in a really solid package. Both seasons one and two have a standalone ending that holds up. You could watch season one with the ending that's provided, and it would be a complete package. And you can watch the whole series with the season two finale, uh, the series finale, I should say, and it wraps it up beautifully. It was surprising to me that Fox even gave the show a second season. It was never a ratings hit, but the season two episodes are much more solid and compelling than season one, and I think the series finale is one of the best I've ever seen. And that says a lot. <laughs> um, so if you get a chance to watch the whole series, you know, binge it in a weekend. It's 26 episodes. Maybe you can't binge it in a weekend, but binge it in a couple of weeks. And uh, let me know uh, if you agree with that. Let me know if you feel like it was wrapped up really solidly. Okay, that leads us into the recommendations for this episode. Dollhouse is streaming on Hulu if you're in the US, and you may be able to find it on Netflix in other countries, as I've seen it on Netflix in the US in the past, so it may be in other countries. Uh, you may also be able to find it on Amazon Prime, just depending on the country that you're in. I would also like to recommend the show Timeless. If you haven't seen it, it is a lot of fun, and a really compelling storyline too. It was cancelled way too quickly, I feel. But they did just announce this week that it will be coming back for a two-part series finale to wrap everything up. That made me so excited. I love it when networks do that. They're willing to listen to the fans. There was such an outcry about it, and they were willing to listen and wrap it up comfortably to provide that to the fans. And just on a little side rant here, I really do love it nowadays that networks are getting so involved 
in their fandom. The beauty of social media when it comes to series and movies and shows and things like that is that fans are actually having their voices heard. And it's unprecedented. Um, and I think that's such a great thing. I mean, the whole reason why why Nona Earp is still on the air today is because of how incredible the Earpers are as a fandom, and how engaged and enthusiastic and kind they are to the network, to the cast, to the crew, everybody. And so it always makes me really happy. And it warms my heart when big networks like NBC do this, where they are willing to bring back a show just to wrap it up all nice and neat, even though they canceled the series. It's really refreshing. All right, it's time to throw it over to you, human listeners, for the episode questions. First, Echo's name, intentional or coincidence? Second, do you have any cyberpunk series you think we should check out? Share them at Lasers Lockets on Twitter from our Contact Us form on the website, lasersandlocketspod.com, or join us on our Discord. The link is in the show notes. We'll see you back here in two weeks. Until then, if someone is too good to be true, they may in fact be a doll. Steer clear. Get your nerd on and be awesome. All right. All right.